Welcome to the Port Charles Update with your hosts, Mish and Mel. Hello. Hi. So, like, I feel like nothing happened and we can just, like, close off the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. It was... Easy breezy, nothing happening week. Um, we're not closing the podcast, but we're also not recording next week. FYI, I'm going to see Mel in person. We're gonna have some sister time. Thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> um, okay, guys, it was a week like I swear, like Monday, I felt like a lot happened. And there's some days where I'm like, man, we could record a podcast like every day, but we're not, but we can. We're not going to. No, 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 no. But sometimes <laughs> it feels like there was, there was a lot. So, okay. This to me just kind of stood out. Okay. So in the hospital, you have like, you know, Sunny and Nina talking about Sasha being in Ferncliff yes. and he tries to reassure her by saying that he has contacts in Ferncliff. Mm-hmm. I personally was not very reassured by this considering he couldn't protect Carly when she was in Ferncliff also didn't believe in her. And Jason's the one who saved her. Exactly. I was so like, I liked his confidence in saying what he was saying. And I think he does truly believe that there's ways to help, but yeah, I had zero confidence. Yeah. Because like, how do you not flash back to the, cause like, I mean, look, Carly was the last person who was kind of like in Ferncliff in somewhat mm-hmm. of a similar situation as, as Sasha is. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that was weird for me. And also it got weirder. Okay. So, so there's that part of the conversation and then Nina starts to blame Carly and Michael. And then she tells Sunny, Oh, I'm so sorry. It just takes, it, it just helps me with my fears to, to attack Carly and, and Michael. It helps me let out my frustration. What? That was so beyond confusing, but also very Nina. So I'm like, okay, on one side, she's being kind of self-aware of her stupidity and where her energy goes. And then the other side to that was like Sunny having a non-reaction. He had many non-reactions to her this week. But his non-reaction more so felt like... You know, like when he gets up and walks away from the restaurant, like last week, it was one of those things where like, I don't have time to face this right now. We yes. have bigger fish to fry. <laughs> but absolutely. Right. Because I think that, I think that in the past, he, he, she may have gotten like a minute reaction, right? Maybe some annoyances, mm-hmm. maybe like, oh, like poor us, like they're so mean to us. I think he may have given her one, but like ever since he's gotten a bit more connected with them, yes. he, like he's, he doesn't have any at all. And I absolutely think it's something that he doesn't want to face because it's, it's not an attractive part of her to no. like, to speak so negatively anyways. So she finally remembers that she's going to, she's supposed to meet Willow. Yes. What did you think about her her visit with Willow? Okay, so this is the week where also the writers have changed. And I feel yeah. like I'm trying to keep that in mind as we're looking at these stories. Because you mm-hmm. can definitely see that there's a change in tone and intention for certain things. But it is pushing the story ahead. Okay. So Willow's softness and concern towards the situation was very weird to me. Really? It was weird to me because as open-minded as she is and as forgiving and as lovely as she is, the level of concern and softness threw me off. 
Okay, so I saw it differently because I understand that you're looking at this through the lens of their big new writers, but I am looking at it through the lens of a story that was already put in place. Remember, there's a deadline. The deadline is fall. Fall is when yes. life blows up. So. so we don't have much time for bonding to happen. So when I'm seeing Willow be like that, I'm seeing Willow be like that because she has to open up to, to Nina. She has to kind of find some redeeming qualities and have good moments because there has to be something to blow up between the two of them. Okay, that helps me immen- immensely, like revisit. I'm like flashing back, seeing all the scenes and that makes way more sense. Because that got kickstarted with the nurse, remember? Because up until yes. that point... <laughs> The needle wasn't moving for Willow on the Nina topic like at all. Like she was very much fixed in her perspective. Even when she let her in to have medical information, it was all quite, she had a lot of boundaries and she had zero interest in more than that. So then the bizarre nurse comes in and everything changes and you needed to have something change, right? Because if a life and death situation wasn't pushing Willow to want to have anything to do with Nina, what would? It's so true because nobody, like as much as that whole nurse situation was weird, nobody in her circle and in her world would have ever been able to navigate that conversation. No, and I know it was a <laughs> weird conversation and everyone had like things to say about it, but I was <laughs> laughing the whole time because I'm like, because I knew why, right? We knew why her ideas around Nina had to change. And so I was just laughing because I'm like, this is so bad that they had to hire someone to try to talk Nina up because, <laughs> because it would not have made sense for any character to do it. Exactly. Knowing the full story, basically. Okay, seeing it through that lens, I think it's fantastic because, you know, Michael gave them a moment for them to be to themselves. There's, you know, Wiley in the mix. Like, I can see, like, where we're getting to a point of a family dinner. Um, you know, some softness even between Michael where he kind of lets go and, like, gives into this whole situation because that in itself would lead to an even bigger blow up. Well, yeah, like, I could, I could see now how they would end up attending the wedding. Yes. So I want to point this out. Michael, obviously super firm with Nina. She doesn't Mm -hmm. have a good track record. But once he found out why she was late, he softened. That is very true. It's interesting because there's that whole daughter situation. Like we're seeing, and for the first time in a long time, we're seeing a level of compassion from Nina that doesn't feel robotic. It actually feels real towards what Sasha's going through because she actually experienced it herself. So we're seeing, yeah. So we're seeing this like daughter versus daughter, like her actually being like nurturing and saying, well, I, I put this person above myself and not only that above you and how much I cherish my time with you. So it's like, we're seeing all these like really interesting, intricate character development things that weren't normally there. Oh, I'm I'm so bad. I have such a cynical view on that. Tell me, tell me. Like, (laughs) not as complimentary as the one that you said. And honestly, it may very well be that that they're trying to depict. It's not at all that I don't think Nina cares about Sasha. Not at all. But what she empathizes with is what a horrible place Ferncliff is because of what she went through. Oh, that's exactly what I'm saying. Exactly. But I just, it's not that I'm saying she doesn't care about Sasha, but I also think she's caught up a lot in her feelings. And yes, it appears that she prioritized Sasha over 
Willow, but she was caught up in a crisis of someone that she cares about. Do I think this is, this is like Nina thinking outside of herself? No, I think it was Nina that got included in a crisis and being included in that thing, like the whole Sasha thing, she cares about her, but it also made her feel included and it makes her feel legitimate to be at the hospital like that. I agree. And that's the only way that Nina can kind of be a little bit human when it like legitimately affects her in that way. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's not like we see her like pushing to go see Sasha and I, I can't believe I'm like jumping into this so, so quickly, but we did see Charlotte this week. Oh my gosh. Did we ever? And all I kept thinking about was you. I was thinking about you thinking about me. when <laughs> are happening. I was in shock and disbelief when I saw Charlotte. And yes. I'm like, first of all, that's Charlotte. Like that's Charlotte. So that, that also shocked me. Cause that's Charlotte. <laughs> and then I'm like, uh, who are they visiting? I think I know who they're visiting. And then they say it and that kind of, I, I can't believe it. Like they're, they're obviously going to be bringing her back. There's all these things like the house, the house was brought up. The fact that the furniture has stuff over it. I was sort of like, so who's going to live there? Is Dante going to move there? And she's going to go there? Or is Lulu going to like, I, anyways, my mind was like racing because I cannot believe this is happening because we've been talking about all the Lulu mentions, but it's just yes. hearing Charlotte cry and talk about a lack of a maternal figure. And then I was thinking about <laughs> Nina. I was like, dude, you fought. Like, you fought to be that for Charlotte, right? Like, you fought yes. to not even have her around Lulu. You acted like Lulu's desire to be in Charlotte's life was insignificant because you found her first, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so anyways, like, I don't want to take that away from Nina because, you know, even Willow was able to acknowledge that, you know, she was showing she was doing better with the boundaries, right? She was being a bit more natural and not so pushy. And so, yes. but she also, they also made a point of this reminder. Thank you for backing off of Carly. Absolutely. Which I loved. And the chills makes that like awkward face. I know it's funny uh, because she's like, ha ha ha, taking time bomb. But meanwhile, Michael and Sonny had their own moment. And then I, I, because of how awkward they both got, I don't know if it was awkward or just like, again emotional because it was such a significant moment when he called him dad part of yes. me was wondering when was the last time he called him that because it seemed like such a heavy dad it did that word had so much weight there was it's amazing that just that small tiny moment was so significant for them because it was like a big emotion overload of love they both got kind of awkward because this is new but yet comfortable and familiar and it's been a yeah. long time since they've been able to circle back to this and definitely an early start of them for that moment oh yeah for sure right when Sunny was in a position to have to reassure him about Sasha yeah also also highlighting the place Sasha has made for herself in poor Charles like her circle yes. was so limited at one point and now look at it. And, and they constantly remind us that she's part of their family. But then Sunny also just new facts, new facts. Sunny donates to Ferncliff and Shadybrook. That was new. He sure me. does. <laughs> that was yeah. New. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, for all the donations to Ferncliff, I don't know. Like it's still bad there. It's still super right? bad at Ferncliff. So bad. Super like, bad. There, there must be no, like, what do you call it? Like board of members make decisions <laughs> board of members that gather to board 
Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So they don't have any of the, of the boards to do the boarding um, at all. No. Um, but speaking of parent and child, but what did you think of the scenes where they show Carly looking at Kelly's all nostalgic and all that? Oh, I knew right away. The minute I, re- I saw that, I was like, she bought Kelly's. <laughs> I was so excited just for that, like, passing of the baton because I was yes. doing, like, like calculations in my mind. I'm like, it's true. Like, Bobby is the owner. But obviously, then I got, like, happy but also sad because, like, you know, they're bringing up Bobby. They're talking about her. So, I mean, again, just like with Epiphany, we're all just sort of waiting to see, like, how this will all unfold. Mm-hmm. Um but the fact that like it was passed to Carly is a really, it's a really big deal. It's a really big deal. Like, you know, these are the things that kind of remind you like how generational the show is, but it also makes me feel old for how long I've been watching <laughs> for Carly to take, to take ownership. And I was just sort of freaking out. I was like, oh my gosh, damn. That is, I didn't even consider that when Diane had showed up at her house. No, I definitely had no idea at that point in time. But when she started talking about what this place was going to become and what she was going to do to it and the students that could rent. It literally just brought back so many vivid memories of like how bumping that place used to be. And it was a place for people to go and feel safe and start their career and for like interns to start. Like it's, it was almost like its own little sub world. It was, it was so long ago that people used to use the word bumping. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but, like, I won't. <laughs> but but that's the thing me too I was thinking about like yeah people used to live there we haven't seen that in a long time all the people that used to live at Kelly's the whole intern I kept thinking about all of like the storylines because like I mean they they're breath- they've breathed new life into the quarter mains breathing a new life into general hospital so like the hospital I mean like the actual hospital <laughs> so I mean just to have some of those side stories right of the staff working there Yes. You know what I mean? Like I like I mean, sorry, living there. So I just got really excited to see what she would do and how she would revamp Kelly's and have it be even more center stage. Um, but okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> extremely funny moments happened. Yes. I even, oh, oh my gosh. So when Joss goes there and is completely <laughs> like upset, she's like, I had to find out from my friend that you were selling it, and this conversation had me on the floor. Carly's like, but I told you we to downsize. I thought you knew what this meant. What did she think her mom meant? If Carly meant, let's say, cutting back, she would have said that. We need to cut back on mansion things. Or we need to cut back on, like, buying both. She didn't say that. She said downsize. So I was just laughing because we keep joking around about, like, Joss's privilege. Yes. Another thing, though, about Joss is just she's so concerned about her mom having to work. No, but okay, before you even jump into the work part, the look on this girl's face when she's like, Mom, are we living here? <laughs> oh my. <laughs> so true. So true. I died. Apparently, working is like super bad. She's like, I can give you money. Dad can give you money. Sunny can. And I like that Carly always has to reassure her, like, it's okay to make your own way, but also pointing out that she's had a lot of people to help her and she really wants to do this. And she can. She's run a successful hotel. She can obviously jump in and make this something special. Like, it's still a really yes. cool place to, to work and a really cool place to own. But, like, yeah, Joss is really concerned about her mom having to, like, work her way up. Like, I would have loved if 
okay, fine. Say your stuff that you're like entitled and whatever, but she could have contributed in the sense of like of her generation. Like, mom, I can help you with like a social media page. I can like, yeah, that would have been nice. I think, I think with the fear of like having a job and working subsides for jobs. I'm like, ooh, regular life. I think she might be able to contribute in a meaningful way. But she's busy living her like young adult, young adulting, right? Being obsessed <laughs> with her boyfriend and like given the attitudes, like, and, and she's owed that. She's been through a lot. So she's owed yes. that kind of like kid time because she's been so mature and she can't be mature forever, right? She's got to be in that space to make a crap ton of mistakes. And that's what we're going to see. And that's what's going to be super, <laughs> super fun. Um, I did want to say this, though. This is the reason they gave for Bobby not being around. They said it was because she was in Amsterdam handling Luke's affairs. Yes. But then I thought that was strange that Tracy would not have been included. I mean, I guess it makes sense because, like, Tracy's way too busy skewing. <laughs> Oh, man, that's true. She does have, it's true. It's true with Ned, especially. And she keeps trying to hide how much that hurts her. That's very true. Um, so, so somebody walks into Kelly's and finds out that, uh, about Carly's new venture. Um, yeah, her bestie. Oh my gosh. Like, (laughs) like, I can't, Mel. Like, Mel, I just, I just, I just can't with this one. Like, she walks in. Like, she hates her. She hates her, right? But then Apparently. she walks in doing that thing where she starts talking to her like they're friends. Yeah. Just sharing the good news and talking about Willow. Always trying to kind of, like, I can't, I, 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 look, I need a bizarro translator when Nina talks to Carly at this point. Because I don't know what she's trying to do. I don't know if that's her way of connecting, being like, oh my gosh, I talked to Willow. And she's talking to Carly as if they're friends and that's just how she sees it. Or if it's like a weird, like, brag. Like, I, I can't even tell anymore. My take on it is that she doesn't know how to make friends, right? She was frozen in a coma for a very long time. So peopling is very hard. Humaning is very hard. So she's like, okay, how do I get a best friend? Okay, I think I steal her life and then she'll love me because I'm just exactly like her and we'll be best friends and she'll be so happy for me. <laughs> oh my gosh, I swear this woman. And then when when she gets to this place where... Because, like, they're not friends, right? And Michael and Carly are often the same with her. They're like, what do you want? Like, yeah. she, like, like, Nita doesn't seem to ever respect, like, like reality or the status of their relationship. And that's where she ends up finding herself in conflict. But, like, she, she talks about this good experience. But then she tries to give credit to Carly for it. And that's where I was like, what on earth? Because when she told Carly about being in the bubble... It was Mm -hmm. clear that Carly didn't know. And so in my mind, I was like, great. Is this going to be finally like a realization that Carly does not make the decisions for her, right? That they Mm -hmm. made this decision on their own. Most importantly, Willow made this decision. So now, now this is where I could not follow Nina's train of thought. So Carly didn't even know that Willow let Nina into her life and and in Mm -hmm. for a visit. And somehow... Carly is to be credited for this. And since her visit went well with Willow, so Willow, the human daughter, she's been like, been like <laughs> screaming and like constantly talking about, I want access, I want access. She gets access because Willow decided they have a decent interaction. But apparently, that decent interaction wasn't because Nina interacted well 
wasn't at all about that. Apparently, she thought that Carly dropped her fendetta. And seeing as how Carly and Willow <laughs> haven't really been talking much lately, Willow sensed this telepathically. Oh, yeah. And for this reason, her and Nina had a great interaction. Yes, because Carly said, be nice to your robot mommy so that we can all be a big happy family. Oh, my gosh. And there was something also that was a bit different for me is I find that there's a bit more directness um, in the people talking to Nina. So I felt like yes. there was more directness from Carly and there was more directness from Michael. So there was this moment like about the whole vendetta thing. Carly's like, what are you talking about? Like, how does one relate to the other? You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I didn't drop my vendetta against you. And I feel like maybe Nina has like, I don't know what she understands. Like vendetta to me sounds like you're going to pursue this person for like revenge. Yes. And like, I think what's happening is Carly's trying to say like, I don't like you. Like I haven't forgotten what you've done <laughs> with me, but it's been a long time now that Carly's just been living her life without considering Nina as a factor. Like that's been yes. going on for like a really long time. So she's like, no, I, I still don't like you. And then she points out why she goes, you stole my life. That was direct. Yes. Like she yes. talks about the ways Nina has wronged her family. And we talk about the fact that she's stealing Carly's life. But we've never heard, heard Carly just sum it up so succinctly like that before. No, it was freaking amazing. And then just the fact that Nina was so taken aback, like, that made no sense to her. So, so the thing is, Carly says, you stole my life. And then Nina responds, you're blaming me for owning Kelly's? I had no idea what that meant. And I was like, bizarro translator, please. Like, what, what's being computed <laughs> in Nina's brain hole right now? And then, like, she's so quick to jump the gun. Mm -hmm. Like, Nina keeps waiting for the moment that everyone forgets. Okay? Yes. The thing is, no one's going to forget. But it will all come together if you change, if you just do better. And I just keep thinking about the advice Lucy gave Sasha when she was sort of this pariah after it came out, like, what she, how she, like, hurt Nina pretending to be her daughter. And I think yeah. that was great advice. Lucy basically said, like, yeah. People are not going to like you, but all you can do is live your life and do better. And like, people will see that, you know, you have to change as a person. And so I just think this is advice that Nina can never do. Like everything has to happen in such a speedy way. Mm -hmm. And like the fact that she goes to Carly, we're family. Can't we just make yeah. peace? And she gives the same speech to Michael. And I'm just so confused. Like, what do you think peace means? I honestly feel like, like, what what more, honestly, could you ask for? After everything you've done, she literally entertains conversations with you. You now have access to your daughter. Like, this is like a huge, huge leap from where you once were. Like, at one point, like, Willow didn't even want to talk to you. Then she was dying and you weren't allowed anywhere near you. Now your daughter has survived and she wants to talk to you. And it is still not enough because what she needs is for Carly to like her. Like yes. her. She doesn't want peace. She doesn't want peace. She wants them to act like they like her and that they want her around because that was her whole like thing with Michael. It's like if it was up to you, you wouldn't want me around. No. Yeah, despite, no, exactly. But despite that, like he's going to she was it's like you tolerate me. Yep. Yep. That's what's happening. Fact. It's like <laughs> it's so weird. And she's just sort of like, like me, like me now. 
Yes, let me torture you and do all kinds of bad things, but please support me and love me through my journey. I'm just like this. I, I just feel like, wow, like, why can't you just like enjoy your moment with Willow and focus on Willow? Why are you focusing on Michael? Like, why are you focusing on Carly? Like your daughter should be the most important thing. And if you keep evolving and changing, the rest just doesn't matter, right? Because then it'll be easier for a lot of people to be around you. But why does it matter about Carly and Michael? Especially if like you're, you're making strides with like other people that maybe you didn't hurt as directly. Remember when she put on the crown and it didn't work? She's still trying to figure that out. I know. She's trying so hard. <laughs> the ring came out of the drain and she's hoping the powers will kick back in. But yeah, then I was I laughing. So when Carly looks at her and says, I will get back everything I've lost. Oh, yes. She goes and walks behind the kitchen like she's determined. She's like, what does that mean? And she takes it as a threat. And it's like, I can sort of understand why she's taking it as a threat. But it annoys me because, like, I'm looking at it from a viewer who's watched Carly. And so yeah. we all know, I feel like, what she means. Like, she's she's not saying, like, necessarily sunny. Hotel, no hotel. I feel like with Carly, it's just kind of getting back her her place. Like, a job, success, things yes. like that. You know, it's not like this. Um, she's not speaking literally. Mm-hmm. I'm like dying to know what Nina thinks. She's what do you th- what do you think she thinks? She's hanging on to everything by a thread. She knows that last final coffin, what nail in the coffin, <laughs> was, when, <laughs> was when she basically ratted out Carly and Drew and all the repercussions that followed. Like she's just living on a prayer right now, and yeah. she knows i mean and ava explained it to her and you can't tell me that what ava's interpretation of carly and sunny's relationship isn't constantly echoing in nina's head because nina is a constant afterthought and carly married or not is a huge priority in sunny's life yeah i wonder how she'll feel with the way that like ava is stepping up in terms of being a priority in sunny's life i freaking love it (laughs) I, I, cause like, I mean, it's not like, we're not seeing it now, but I feel like we're gonna see it. So I'm curious to be like, if it'll be played up and how Nina will react to all of that. But she, she wasn't done with Carly. She needed to also talk to Michael this week. <laughs> she called, she called Sunny. Yes. And this was so, it was like such a weird segue. Like, oh man, the whole Willow situation. I thought that was good. It is good, but you know, Michael, and he was like, I gotta go, bye. (laughs) It was amazing. And she just looked at the phone, like her face acting was on point because afterthought, like that's afterthought. (laughs) Yes, but I kind of like all of that because it's so caricature and I love that consistency. And so like in her mind, I had the best visit with Willow, but I must find a problem. And I must poke at it and poke at it and poke at it. So she goes and she tries talking to him. And I'm glad that Michael, I'm glad that the conversation didn't necessarily go too far. Like the things like she should have practiced. Not that I think it matters because she thinks what she's saying makes sense. But kind of like, again, under the guise of like, I want peace. And and like that request alone has has this implication like, I want peace and you don't want that. You're making yes. it more complicated. And now it's like for Willow's sake. I'm mean, it's like it's always for the sake of like something, but in reality, it's really for your benefit. 
for you to like gain that official status because that's what she needs, right? She needs Carly's approval and she definitely needs Michael on board to kind of really hold that place in Sonny's life and to really be in the mix of everything. Absolutely. Um, It's so funny. Like just watching him watch her, like he gets a face acting star early because he's just like, you're speaking a different language. He's also trying to compute. Like I felt he was the face of the audience in that moment. Oh my gosh, it was so good because I feel like Nina has been waiting forever to use this line in the context of her mm-hmm. relationship with Willow being slightly better. I'm her mother. He's like, yeah, you said it once or twice. And that I line- I freaking me, loved it. Yeah. So that line to me was also more direct because I feel like it's 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 stuff that we say, right? It's, it's more yes. that the audience speaks. So that was- that was like really jarring for me and she keeps once again this whole family thing it feels like a threat she's like we're family I'm like when's the last time you've seen James have you gone to see Sasha have you spoken to Maxie have you spoken to your aunt Liesl exactly my gosh but what threw me was was Christina showing up yes what did you think about that first of all First of all, calling <laughs> Michael a bastard in right? so in soap opera world, I've never seen anyone use that word without throwing a drink in someone's face. So true. <laughs> I was like, you misuse that. You should be at a cocktail party. Okay. Mm-hmm. Some bizarre truth had to have been revealed. And then you throw the drink and say that. You don't just walk into an office and go, hey, bro, why are you being a bastard to Nina? Do you need a recap? Do you need me to pull up some articles? Like, what do you mean? It was a perfect way. Like, I called it the Nina Peace Tour. And it was the perfect way to end the Peace Tour. Because I can't understand for the life of me. Like, Christina hugged her, kissed her on the cheek. And then she's giving Michael the business. I mean, I, I'm looking forward to the rest of that conversation. But, but they are kind of fixating on one aspect of Christina. You know, like they're really playing yes. up this, like, um, the more reckless side of her. They really are. And the funny thing is, we all know why she's going to see Michael in the first place. So she's going to treat him that way. And then she's going to ask him for something. What do you th- Oh, advice for her business? Yeah, leadership, management, you know, running a business. Like, they have this whole big conversation. And Molly's like, well, you can take classes or speak to people who have been in this position. And, you know, do whatever you can to learn the parts that you're um, nervous about or you're not confident about. Like, your best tool is learning and educating yourself. So that's why she's going to Michael and giving him the business about being socially, like, not accepting Nina into his world. Okay, part of me can maybe understand, because if I think about the last scene of the old Christina, she was, Mm -hmm. like, kind of antagonizing Joss a little bit, like, come take the picture. Like, can we just be all together kind of a thing? And, of course, we understand, you know, Christina is is very, like, she's a huge supporter of her dad, right? Yes. Like, and that's always been a thing. And I could see Christina being kind of flippant and being like, oh, just get over it. Like, let's all kind of get along for dad's sake because she's so pro sunny but at the same time like I can't help but like flash back to the scene where Christina sees her dad again after finding out he was alive Mm -hmm. and you know like even Dante like Dante found his way to his dad Mm-hmm. When he came back and and he he worked on building a relationship, he was careful with Sunny. He doesn't pretend to love Nina. He is 
civil to her. He makes his little jokes here and there. He, we've seen scenes where him and Sam are places and they literally are like, yeah, we're not going to say hi. And they just like leave. <laughs> like, yes. And Sunny Nina have been there. But I understand Dante and, and Christina, you know, supporting their dad in that way. But I guess I think that they're both owed like a moment to kind of like process what was taken from them. Because I feel like they didn't have that. They were just like, oh, my God, my dad is back and Michael is no longer his number one. So we're just going to like take advantage of the And I like not intentionally, but kind of take advantage of this new space we have in our dad's life that we didn't get to have before. Like Dante actually kind of brought this up, right? That he ha- he actually, I think, explicitly made a point of highlighting that he had this place in Sonny's life because Michael wasn't there. He truly did. And that and that perspective is so interesting. And I love how they're creating like these relationships and and real kind of not sibling rivalry, but just trying to find your place in Sonny's heart, essentially. Yeah. But they also had the least amount of interaction with Nina. So as much as I can somewhat see their point, they're not giving themselves an opportunity to see Michael's point. Like, the fact that she yeah. called him a... Right? Like, the fact that she called him a yeah. bastard. Like, Michael was so calm. All he did was ask her to leave. He didn't stand up and ask her to leave. He didn't use an abrasive tone or voice. He literally was like okay, this conversation's over. My sister's here. I'm going to talk to her. But Christina is always faced with the, hey, how are you? The Nina that wants to get to know her. Not the Nina who's trying to take something away from her, who's pushing boundaries, who's who's doing all these weird conniving things, who's aggressive towards her, who's combative. Like, Christina doesn't see that side. It's true. It's true. And I'm just saying, like, I understand to what extent she wants to please her dad, but the fact that yes. Christina has zero reaction to the fact that, like, Nina had your dad the whole time. Right. Like, even if she got over it, right? I'm cool with that part, you know? But the fact that there was never a reaction. Yeah. And, and like, Christina's reactive. You know, I think it's going to come. Because with everything going on, with all of her history being brought up, with the focus on this part of her character, I feel like it will come out. And it's not going to be good. I wonder if they are going to go deep like that because that that conversation with Molly kind of took me aback. Like part of me at first was like, I mean, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed all the sister moments. I enjoyed Molly with Sam. Um, I loved their talk. You know, I loved the way that it ended um, where she told her like, maybe I'll even get to babysit. And I was, I felt really good. It was such a feel good scene for me with Molly and Sam because I could feel that like Molly was in a different place. It was still hard, but I could see that she's in a different place. And I could see, because again, we're moving things, right? It's moving along. So I could see after that conversation with Sam, how like Molly in like the near future could possibly make a decision about having a child, right? So that was cool for me. So it kind of like nudges things forward. I was kind of thrown by this accident. I'm like, what? (laughs) So I'm I'm wondering if the actress actually just hurt themselves and they just worked it in really quickly. But I actually loved all those couch scenes, to be honest. But her scenes with Christina, like, I mean, I really enjoyed it. I liked that they were kind of like, you know, I'm not going to say like making peace, but really trying, really. Like, especially after their fight that they had at Sam's place. And talking openly, but I did not expect it to go where it did. Like, Molly's trauma. Because during that time with Kiefer, we saw what it did to Christina. You know, we mm-hmm. saw what it did to Alexis because she ended up killing Kiefer. Um, but then, like, that part of Molly, like, being three years younger. And while she was there for her with school and supported her in all these other ways, like, mature-wise, like, that's a 
big thing for a little sister to get their older sister being in an abusive relationship. Like as much as she was playing this support to her older sister, mm-hmm. that was still beyond her years. No, it truly was. I, I appreciated their openness and just hearing that different perspective, but also taking it back a little bit to where they're talking about when she was little and when, you know, Christina felt that Molly was being like bullied or her friends were not being nice to her, that Christina stepped in and kind mm-hmm. of leading that into the fact that, you know, Molly felt like she couldn't protect her sister and she didn't know what to do. And it just was, it was a really big moment for the two of them because it overshadowed like so many things have happened since then but if you take it back it's that maybe a lot of it stems from those moments of when they were younger like Christina saying that she never really recovered from that and a lot of her decisions and recklessness and all of that you know kind of stems from that and that and when you're oh. when you've gone through trauma you distance yourself from people or you want attention in different ways like i just thought it brought a really different twist to how they've navigated her character yeah so like what I was thinking if they really because I I was really taken aback that this came back up and it Mm -hmm. makes sense that it would be something that she still continues to live with and like when we're talking about Nina this is the possible bridge I see if they actually go deeper with with Christina in this way so like Kiefer okay like getting into the situation kind of like this person not being who you expected and then thinking about Shiloh, like it drove her to seek something out, but also not seeing Shiloh clearly for what he was and then being so open-hearted to, to Nina. And there's a reason why she's being so open-hearted is because she sees herself as a person who's made a lot of mistakes, but then Ah. it makes me think of like Maxie. Maxie's a person who's made a lot of mistakes, but she's come to a place in her life where she can empathize because she's made mistakes, but she still has some firm lines, including with Nina, who is her family. Absolutely. And that's the part that Christina is missing. Her boundaries. At what point do you set them? At what point is it okay? At what point do you grow and learn and, and take accountability for your mistakes and be better? And I think the difference, right? Like we saw Maxie's character, right? Similar to like a Christina character, but Maxie's at a place where she's matured, but she's also accepted who she is right and found her place. And that's sort of like Christina's journey. So one day she'll be a Maxie. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, so we'll see if all that comes, comes to a head at some point with Christina and Nina and see if she gets, if she's going to have a reaction, right? When things kind of blow up, because we talk about the collateral damage, but we haven't really talked at all about like, I don't know whether Dante or Christina have a reaction to what's about to go down. Well, it's like some, at some point they have to say like enough's enough. (laughs) <laughs> yeah I'm now I'm actually it's so funny because we talk about like all the characters particularly like Willow what's she gonna do but I'm actually now more curious to be like what's Dante and Christina gonna do because what now it affects do? Ned and Olivia and it affects Sam and there's like so many branched out like because of Drew yeah. and their kid together so it doesn't just affect not that it's not already bad, but it's not like just your dad. It's like this domino effect of yeah. somebody that you love. <laughs> yeah, like I'm actually looking forward to see if they're going to be able to like let things out because they've all been so contained and so careful for Sunny and for Nina. Yes. I think that once they see Sunny's true reaction to how he feels about the situation going awry with the SEC is when they'll finally be able to react. Oh, interesting. You know what? I kind of wonder. I I also look forward, and I hope we get to see, like a private private conversations with like a Dante and a Sunny, 
a Christina and a Sunny. Frankly, I don't even know if I would actually want them all three in the same room because I feel like they would have a lot to discuss. You know, like dad, I felt like I had to tiptoe. I did this for you. Like, I wonder if stuff about their relationship with their dad will come up. I would love to see those individual conversations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I feel like there's definitely a lot more, right? There's a lot that's gone on with everybody and everyone's relationships to Sunny directly. But it turns out someone's relationship to Sunny was like stronger than we thought. Well, remember I talked about the twisted version? Ava also has a complicated and new version of her relationship with Sunny. And that was very much being highlighted this week. So. So look, I did not expect like all of it to just come out. Not this fast, but I'm really happy. How did you feel about the way it did come out? And how Sunny like kind of took, took the lead on things. Oh my gosh. It was so satisfying because it was kind of natural, right? Like it's kind of like you come in, it's so clearly awkward and (laughs) stuck on it. But Sonny's been sunnying lately. He's been back, right? The Austin scenes at the restaurant and now this, and he knows something's been weird. Plus, you know, the big red flag, right? To him, it's like, you know, Austin's obviously connected, right? So, so this just sort of added to it. And, like, I was taking it back. All the stuff Sonny was saying to Ava, like, like when she left, he was like, I was just, like, playing, like, you know, playing all of this out for the nanny. I, I saw that you were scared. She's like, oh, I thought I was hiding it better. And he was like, to anyone else? Mm-hmm. And I was like, and he was kind of doing that little brag that he knows her so well. Yes, it was like really hot and also like yay Sunny's back oh my gosh and then you know something that really stood out to me was mm-hmm. Sunny was really upset about the delay in finding this out he wanted the to del- be in the, the delay the delay bothered him and I just like <laughs> he didn't like that he didn't know something right away like uh-huh. nine months earlier uh-huh. but whatever but whatever so you that's know, a factor time. for him <laughs> oh man and then I was laughing at this because of Sunny goes to her something like you know I know you would never do anything to endanger our daughter but then Ava had a weird look on her face like yeah yeah like yeah I think I am a better person I don't think I would do that either <laughs> like because her face looks funny and I felt like she must have been flashing to Morgan and Kiki I think so. You know, like, and that's the interesting contrast with, like, or comparison with Ava and Carly. Like, they both went or going through or went through the self-doubt of how far have I come? Yes! How much have I grown? Where do I fit in this new circle as this new person? Is this truly me? Have I made the strides? And are people seeing it? Yes, totally. Totally. I'm definitely seeing that. But I loved, I love that everything was out in the open. Because remember, I kept saying, just tell Sonny, he's not gonna care. He's not gonna care. But you kill Nicholas, particularly if you told him he was literally on his way to like swipe your daughter and take her to someplace obscure, you would never find her. I feel like he would have understood. He did, and I loved... Okay, so one, he made her a martini where I was like, oh my god, so friggin' cute. Yes! 
And the way he reacted and responded with his active listening to her storytelling, like he actually smirked when she talked about giving the video to Spencer so that he could do what he wants with it. (laughs) But she was extremely forthcoming. Like she said, I searched your apartment. She literally said it all. I was like, this is so interesting. Like your relationship has obviously come very far because you really decided to go full honest, like full honest. She didn't even sugarcoat anything. She said, yeah, like I went along with it and I did all this stuff, did all this stuff. I should have told you earlier, but I didn't. Oopsies. <laughs> so that really took me aback. So while all of this is happening, right. And these two are finally on the same page. Um, he has Dex kind of looking in to, to Austin some more. And when they went into like Austin's office <laughs> and I was just like, Oh gosh, like, have you not seen like, I don't know, any movie? Do you honestly think threatening an entire organization by being like, I'm going to tell another organization, uh, your organization, if you don't give me money. Did you not think that they would kill you? (laughs) Yeah, he wasn't bright, that one. (laughs) I was like, that's a lot of confidence, but like, you're going to die, though. And they're like, yeah, 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 it's all good. Just walk outside, turn the corner, and somebody be right there handing you the money. (laughs) And he did it. And he did it. Okay. So something really struck me about Elizabeth because as Dex is trying to follow this, you know, dead man walking, um, Elizabeth stops him. And that was quite the conversation she had with Dex. It was a very confident, I don't want to say Carly conversation because Elizabeth has very much found her own footing, but the confidence in which she led that conversation was so beautiful because she covered so much ground in such little time. And it was like multiple word slaps after another. Oh yeah. Like Dex was like, okay. Yeah. Okay. But do you know what hit me about that? It didn't hit me until I saw um, Elizabeth have a talk with Portia. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to say this. Finn was super hilarious hearing Portia cry and being like, crap, (laughs) I don't know what to do. And I knew immediately he was phoning Elizabeth, like texting her. So when Elizabeth shows up, you know, she's trying to be supportive of Portia, but then she goes, what's really going on? And then I realized I flashed to Dex and then it hit me. She has her own version of an epiphany in the making. She has this sort of no nonsense approach that she had with Dex, but also with Portia calling her out and kind of not telling her the whole story. Mm -hmm. And then not to mention the whole little Amy comment. So during her date with Ben, she's like, Amy was doing the bedpans before I could even get to her. So it's super subtle, but they're building up, you know, Elizabeth's version, right? She's lived a lot of life. She's got her own wisdom and she's just calling people out and she's like doing her own like version of epiphany, Elizabeth style. Yes, yes, yes. I love it. What did you think of her date with Finn? It was really cute because I love that even though they have all this history, this is legitimately their first date out in the real world. And I very much enjoyed the awkward moments. I loved it. I honestly think, like, you can see it on screen. They're in a different place, and there's actually room for this to grow. But I had some really, like, to me, striking fave moments from there. So Mm -hmm. um, one of my favorite moments was when she starts talking about Franco. Yes. And then it's, it's her delivery. I don't think I've ever seen her that 
funny, sarcastic. It's kind of like Finn funny, like Finn okay. tone, where she's like, oh, that was weird. Like her delivery <laughs> on one of her yeah. lines was just so funny. And then Finn kind of consoles her by saying, I've dated a lot of people. And then I just had like a dear diary moment. And I was like <laughs> talking to myself being like, dear diary. Elizabeth thought what she said was awkward about having been in love with Franco, but I made a person with her sister. <laughs> so that's also <laughs> a little weird. And then also a logistics corner um, yeah, issue, yeah. issue during the date was when the waiter comes and goes, do you guys want dessert? Mm-hmm. And then they say yes, and he walks away. And I was screaming at the TV, what dessert did you order? How do you know what he's going to bring you? <laughs> Maybe they had a preset menu. It was a special night and it was already written down and they knew. So I was stuck there. So you know me. I was totally pulled out of the story. (laughs) I couldn't focus on anything else. And I was like, but you didn't ask for anything specific. (laughs) So Okay. So this week, not only was there a Lulu situation, there was a, there was some cam talk. There was a lot of cam talk. Yeah. I, I noted that down. I like mental, <laughs> mentally noted that. The count and physically, did you like write it down on your notes too? Yes. Yes, you got me. <laughs> you got me there. So I'm thinking, come back, Cam. Come back. But I it was so sweet though, hearing her talk about her sons and how things have changed. And I love the way she described it because my kids are not in college, but I still like, she's like, I miss them so much. It physically hurts. Like that is such a real parent thing to say. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's what really stood out to me. And I'm like, oh, I guess this is what happens when you age with a soap opera. Because I remember when I was younger mm-hmm. and I'd watch it, I'd be like more into like, you know, the teen storylines than you have everything yes. else. But now it's like you get to enjoy all of it because you've actually lived more life and you can understand. Like the maxi <laughs> scenes with her yes. kids fighting <gasps> Amazing. made me feel all kinds of normal. I thought about you so much. <laughs> oh my gosh. It made me feel so normal. And then Mac going, who's Harry Styles <laughs> was like the best. It was such a freaking like gold star moment with her kids. And then like Felicia coming in and sort of saving the day. Oh my God. And I love like one of my favorite things is when she's like, I'm magic. I'm like, yes, you are. We love you. <laughs> I know. And I just felt like I think Mac is great because he listened to her. He didn't just grab the kids or clean up for them. I mean, he tried to, but he yeah. respected <laughs> like what Max he told him were the rules. It was so amazing because he, he I think even him, he just wanted to like get to the pool. He's just like, yes! come on, guys, like get your act together. And when they were on the couch before Maxie left, and she's like, Don't you dare even look at each other. I'm I like, know. oh my god, oh my god. So good. The best. It's, I know. I really freaking loved it. It was amazing. Um, so we find out why Maxie needed a babysitter because she wanted to support her friend Sasha. Okay, like how difficult like I understand the need for the storyline I want to see Sasha play this wonderful dramatic role where you know it's truly this like crazy time and then she'll have like a bout of success and her and Cody can be together but right now it's so freaking hard to watch look it's hard to watch it was equally hard during like um Carly's like yes, time exactly. there like it, it I don't know it, it it has that whole buried alive vibe for me like being drugged against your will that's kind of how I feel and it really freaks me out to watch it but the the highlights for me though 
was watching how strong she was yes. um, and the fact that she put it together in her mind. So I like that, that Sasha herself acknowledged to that doctor before he drugged her about like everything was fine until him. Um, yes. It got worse on the Gladys front though, right? Because <gasps> yeah, like I, I didn't think that could get worse, but it, but it did. I like suspect Maxie can sort of see through Gladys a bit, but when I saw the Maxie Gladys scenes mm-hmm. and then I con and I thought about um, Cody Dante scenes, I figured, okay, I can see them all working together, right? And Cody finally confessed everything. Like, this is so annoying. For ages, he's been saying and suspecting Gladys. And now it makes sense to Dante as to, like, why. You know what I mean? And it's just like, uh, duh, follow the money. Exactly. So I think that, like, I mean, I think that bit of information itself is going to give, like, like, I think that should or hopefully speed things up. It has to. I cannot see her staying in there for months on end. Unless, like, Cody and Dante get amnesia. (laughs) I really hope not. But I'm just (laughs) saying, like, the person you confessed to was a cop. I'm just saying Sam understands that legal aspect and would not want to put Dante in that position. Because, like, Sam and Dante had this conversation when Dante was freaking out about Sunny. About, yes. like, being on opposite sides. And she was like, you know, you can recuse yourself. And I was so grateful for her for that piece <laughs> of advice. She's like, you know, you don't have to put yourself in a position where you arrest your father. Like, just saying. Like, remove that, like, pressure from yourself. So I just right? feel like I get it. Like, Cody is extremely worried because the circumstances are extreme. But I felt like if you wanted to, like, I don't know, not get in trouble with the law, like, confessing to Maxie would have been helpful. Confessing to Sam <laughs> would have been great. Right. Since you, like, you know, were working with her at one point. It's like, and so many things, like, Dante's holding a lot of secrets right now. The Mac paternity. Yes. information that he just got from Cody. Like, I'm very curious to see how he's going to navigate this. Well, he's getting way better at navigating the gray. And honestly, I can't focus when he's in scenes with Sam. Like, I just can't. I know. Goddamn. He's like, like, I was like, oh, my God. Like, he's just, like, first of all, they have such a normal, relatable scene. She's, like, in her PJs. He comes, like, it was just so normal and I normal. think they've done such a good job with Sam and Dante because think about it like like from Sam's end this is what she's wanted yes and I'm not saying that like Dante didn't have a normal life with Lulu technically it fell under the normie category but there was a lot of drama the way it was portrayed right there was always so much going on especially toward the end with Lulu being like a reporter Mm-hmm. and getting into all kinds of things and I just feel like they did a really good job of portraying this peaceful family life like Dante's still a cop right he's a detective but the way that their couple is being portrayed it's definitely more family oriented more light and there's not much drama compared to like the Dante Lulu couple no and it's the normalcy, which I love so much, and even, like, you're comparing the drama. So let's say he came home two hours late. I can absolutely see in a Lulu situation how that could have escalated. But Sam is literally just wanting to know about his work and understand the nature of it. So it's a comparison to me of a relationship in your youth versus yes. experience and relationship later. So it makes it even yeah. more fun for when Lulu does wake up because... 
for her, time stood still. But at this point, everybody has grown, changed, mellowed out. New friendships have formed. And Dante's in this, and Sam are in this beautiful, loving, coexisting family. Kids are meshing together this beautiful, consistent, normal life. You know, you know that she's like a Nina, right? Waking up from oh, a coma and being highly reactive. Oh, yes. And yeah, it, it, like, it's going to be wild because like Dante and Sam, really? <gasps> what? You scared me. <laughs> <laughs> no, because, okay, like things just started like rolling like an old school movie. Yeah. And it was just like, okay, so Nina, her world is going to implode. Lulu's going to be awake, give or take around the same time. And uh-huh. Nina is going to be the only person to be able to relate to Lulu. Lulu won't have any friends and she's going to try to cause drama and nobody's going to get it. Cause they're going to be like, grow up. Everybody's happy. Maxie's friends with Brooklyn, like figure it out. So like Nina and Lulu being besties trying to navigate the world. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, it's so weird, but I want to see like. I'm, I want to see that a lot because it, because they have a history. They do. <laughs> oh, oh man, no, but it's gonna be like messy. Like I'm messy. sorry, but like the truth coming out. Let's just say at Nina's wedding, that's messy enough. And if Lulu happens close to it, like, I, like honestly, I don't know if I've ever seen this much mess in one place at one time <laughs> before. Because clearly things are going to be moving, you know, like Dante and and Sam's relationships keeps growing, keeps growing deeper. And it's so fun. It's nice to see. It's nice and light. And oh, my gosh, like he like touches her and it's all like sexy Mm -hmm. times. They can't even keep their hands off each other. Once Mm -hmm. Cody passes out on the couch, you're like, let's try it right behind him. (laughs) I was just like, not even like straight up, like talking regular tone. No, I they're like, let's continue having our moment in our penthouse and sexy time. And I was just like, oh my God, guys, I can't focus with those two. <laughs> what? Wait, wait. Oh, I know what it was. Because we're talking about sexy time. <laughs> and the other two sexy times we had this week included props. So, oh so Joss, yeah, yeah, Joss had the ice. They had ice cubes. I mean, I'm down for that, but I think it's because... We saw Joss's character grow up. I cannot watch these I know. sexy scenes. Like, at, I, know. I literally I know. fast forward. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'm looking at them and I'm like, okay. But that's exactly how I feel. Like, there are certain things I'm too old to watch. And it's exactly yes. that. Like, I saw her when she first came on. I'm like, okay, you're a grown up. <laughs> mm-hmm. with, with this boyfriend. With ice. Okay. All right. I'm just going to look over here. Let me know when you're done. It's just, it's really just that because we've seen her as a kid. And then the other super sexy scene included a lot of nuts. And I didn't, (laughs) I mean, Um, I just, you need to refresh my memory. (laughs) Brooklyn and Chase. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. (laughs) I didn't, like, I mean, they filmed it with so, in so many different angles of like, I was like, okay, okay, so we're going to do this contest in real time. Not even soap opera time, just straight up real time. Real time, peanut toss, catching in your mouth. In your mouth. Okay, so that's what they did. Like, and daytime TV, just catching nuts. 
just catching up. But like, I love cool top Chase. He was like so hot, like in his suit. So hot. He was like, I'm in a suit and I'm sexy and I'm like gonna drink this. But do you know what was funny to me? His little like his little like alcohol drink and the, mm-hmm. the suit. I'm like, it's so sunny. It really was. It was so sunny, but I'm like, you're you're sunny light. Like <laughs> like a light beer. Like all the way. A wine cooler. Like like if the dimmer was all the way off, that was you. That was sunny right there. But they were like super cute and finally had some like fun moments. So there was definitely a lot of fun this week. There was, and it was so great to see them like actually doing something fun and normal and light and getting to know each other in the gray zone. And for real, finding out he had like a a motorcycle. What? Yeah, yeah. But um, picture evidence. Yes, exactly. (laughs) But you know who wasn't having fun? Who wasn't having fun? Curtis and Portia. Oh my god. So like I thought about you so much because I had a lot of emotions during yeah. that scene because I was like, I feel for Curtis, but it's weird. And I don't like yeah. it. It's not sustainable. <laughs> it's really not to feel for Curtis. Because I do too. Like at, at the beginning, it was the same thing with the Marshall vibes. I do find yes. big things happen for Curtis. People do not allow this guy to have feelings. It's so frustrating. And Portia did this thing where she does like the Nina kid talk that needed yes. us to sunny and so I have to say like she was annoyingly positive like she wasn't like her pace of all this was too much like I was just like I don't know like be real like yeah he's googling some articles that he shouldn't be googling put on some sweats hop in the bed and be like show me your articles what are you looking at like let him just move through the motions and just move with him so that he didn't feel the need to like push you away but like Again, with Curtis, I never realized, like, it's such, I mean, we did, but it's such a deep-seated pattern. He's so quick to cut and run. (laughs) He really is. Knowing him and trying to navigate this different layer of their relationship, it was so frustrating, especially, like, when she took away his phone, her trying to, like, handle him. Like, watching this happen, like, obviously, we know their marriage is going to fail, or that's what I think, because at this point in time, if she, she said, all she kept focusing on was the fact that they're married and their husband and wife, not mm. who she is again, not acknowledging, she acknowledged a bit of her past with Elizabeth, but I feel like she is walking on eggshells with Curtis. They're really not down to the nitty gritty yet to rebuild and refocus their energy as a married couple, not focused on who he is now. And I loved Elizabeth's honesty towards the situation. Did you like what she said? What she say that you loved he says getting shot doesn't make you a saint it doesn't change his picky oh yes that's hello epiphany essence yes 100% because I'm like wow Elizabeth is saying this this is wild yes no I really no that really took me aback because I think it's the validation that Portia needed because at this point Curtis was saying like all the most hurtful things and look I know you like I just think that they're gonna last because I can't see anyone else tolerating any of them at this point. Okay, fine, they're, fair, they're yeah. both they're both just driving me nuts. But I think you hit on something, right? Neither of them know how to be honest. I mean, looking back at Portia's history, what history does she have being honest? <laughs> and Curtis does not have practice sticking out things that are hard. 
So Absolutely. I think they, I think you're right. And I think they both have a lot to learn. I really do think they can get there. I, I definitely think her going back in after her talk with Elizabeth um, pushes them in that direction. And he seemed to be responding to that because that's what we need. Like that was a more genuine portion, not the other one tiptoeing. Things are bad and that's the reality. So just go with that. But I really appreciated the way she called him out regarding Trina though. Being like, so if you can't be like the father you want to be, you're just not going to be one at all. And I think that really highlights Curtis's like black and white nature. Yes, I absolutely love that scene and the way it ended. Um, It gives me a little bit of hope but I think it'll be really fun, like, if they did, like, couples therapy or something. <laughs> oh, my gosh, it would be, because they did do it. They did do it in the Ashford family. They had Miranda from Grey's Anatomy play the family therapist when he was marrying Jordan and Stella hated Jordan. Yes! Oh, my gosh, I totally forgot about that. Yes. Yeah, but you know what I'm thinking now? Because, like, when this accident happened, it kind of really, like, threw me. I was like, what? I didn't see this coming. Right? And we kind of just jumped to the whole thing about, like, I'm sure he'll have, like, a miracle cure down the line. But now that I'm thinking about it, this is the thing that is probably going to force Curtis to deal with his issues for real. The whole, Everything, right? His black <gasps> and white thinking, getting mm-hmm. him in the gray, the running. I really feel like this is going to be the thing that really pushes Curtis in a, in, a, like, in a good way, now that I'm thinking about it. Okay, this sounds so stupid, but he like physically can't run away. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, yes. Yes, I think it's symbolic and also literal. <laughs> yep. That's the only way they can oh. make him work through his issues. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I guess I didn't realize. You know, like, I think I was so shocked by it that I yes. really didn't think about, like, the personal growth for Curtis that he, like, really desperately needs. Like, he's been repeating patterns. Like, he's been on the show long enough that we have seen the patterns, and we're kind of like, damn, Curtis. Like, get it together on the personal front. Exactly. Um, oh, on a positive note, like, more... But there were fun things that happened at the hospital this week. Like, I absolutely love the Terry-Yuri scenes. Like, Yuri looks super handsome with his beard, and he was making me, like, all stressed out with his phone calls to Valentine. I know. Like, they're so cute together. I love the whole exchange of keys. There's the love because we didn't get the to, lightning like, really... bolt. Yes! Like, I love that they brought back up their, like, initial story of falling in love. Like, I'm so happy that they're still together. And so happy that we got to see Valentine because yes I was also stressed out that something was going to happen and we wouldn't see him till like the fall yeah I was excited to see Laura and Valentine for sure no idea where their search is going to lead and I'm laughing Mm -hmm. because I realized the truth came out and at what point is Sonny going to go wait a second isn't Laura looking for Nicholas like I'm just how is he going to navigate that right like I know he can keep that secret but like Laura is like a like a really important person to him so I'm hoping that when he makes that call to find a person dead or alive preferably it was like I think it was um I think he's looking for Nicholas well I hope that he is because we know the body's missing so before he has to tell Laura at least he like finds him and fine-tunes that story <laughs> I, that, well that's what I'm hoping right because like mm. that's an important relationship between him and Laura but something else that struck me about Terry and Yuri it kind of had me flashing back to like a Maxi Spinelli. So, okay, 
bear with me. So you okay. know how, like, Maxi and Spinelli, like, obviously they have bigger roles as the years went on. But remember back in the day when it was, like, there was so much, like, Jason and, like, mob stuff going on. And then you had, like, these lighter characters, like Maxi and Spinelli. They were tied to the biggest, to the bigger drama, but they had their own kind of fun, smaller stuff. And that's what I was feeling, like, that Terry and Yuri could be, right? They're tied to the super big drama of Allure and Valentine, but still have their tiny little light side stuff. I like looking at it that way. I mean, they're fun as it is, but then seeing them every now and then coming to the forefront is fantastic. Okay. So I want to get back to the nanny for a minute. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So we talked earlier, you know, everything comes out with between Sunny and Ava. Uh, that girl is so nuts, though. She's like, you better get me the job. You better get me the job. I'm like, why are you being so mean? Like, why are you pushing right? me so hard? Like, are you getting commission or something? Like, I just don't understand. Like, part of me was like, if she's pushing that hard, are they threatening her as well? Either way, she's not likable. I don't care if she's being threatened. And then, like, when she decides to give attitude to Joss, I was like, look, <laughs> you got the job. But, like, I don't understand. Like, you, you keep telling, you threatening Ava that she has to do this that you have to get this information. So why are you ruining it? Like, why are you being dumb and being mean to one of her family members? I know. I think it just shows, like, even though whatever part of the mob that she plays, I don't feel like she's being threatened because she has this, like, cockiness to her oh, in a yeah. different way that Joss has. So, like, the, seeing them battle it out was actually quite funny and interesting oh, to me. It um, was. Right, because I'm like, okay, is it Austin's niece? Is it Mason's niece? Is it somebody who feels that they've just been given power? Because that's kind of how Joss grew up, right? She'd have to work for anything. She was just given this power. And I feel like Betty's kind of a funny alternate universe match for her on the other (gasps) side of things. Yes, because it kind of, because like something that kept going through my mind this week was, why is Dex telling Joss so damn much? Like you're right? not married. Like, and then I, then I was trying to like rationalize because when Carly went to go check in with Michael and mm-hmm. goes, what have you heard from Dex? Then I was like, okay, that thing is still on where Carly's like kind of like making sure that like Sunny is okay. Like that's why she's doing it. And then I was like, oh, is that why like Dex feels the need to tell Joss what's happening because of this agreement? I still don't think it's a good idea though. Like it's one thing if Carly knows Michael, I don't know, but I just feel like Joss? Well, what I think is, no, it's not good. But what I think is going to happen there, because she's trying to adult, but also kind of living on the side of youth, that eventually they will have, this is going to be marriage number one. Hmm. I hope not. <laughs> but I hope but, not, like, but, but I think that's... she needs to go through that, that, I don't know, that hurdle that like, and then they'll figure out that they're not really in love because they're like, they trauma bonded over like a shooting and a, uh, being like a meat hook and like all kinds of weird stuff, right? They don't I have know. a real relationship. Yeah, but I think they also sexy bonded. I mean, look at that. <laughs> look at that. I try not to. Um, <laughs> no, but I'm like, okay, I don't want that, but that's honestly what I kept thinking. Cause I'm just like, usually when you're in the mob and you have like, like, look, 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 do you see Sunny telling anything to Nina? And he's Nothing. engaged. Exactly. So, yeah, of course, that kind of crossed my mind. Like, that's the only way to, like, cover Dex in this scenario. And remember, we're all team covering for Sunny, covering for Dex. So the fact that she knows anything is just not a good idea. Like, even Carly back in the day, like, there's a point where she was careful with what she knew, too. Yeah, yes. 
so that I, to me, I was like, Dex, you were so reckless. But yeah, I totally <laughs> love the way that Joss handled her. I wasn't sure how she was going to do that, but then she had Avery explain it to her. And then she's like, I'd be happy to draw you a diagram. And that Betty just sort of shut it. She just sort of got the message. Then when Joss made that thread, I treat in the background as kind of like laughing. It's true. You might not uh, need to memorize any of the names. You'll probably be gone before then. I thought that was so funny. So good. But then the girls are getting in on it, right? Trina's like, I think there's more going on. Dex is following. And Joss like, what do you think this means? And then I was like, what is happening here? Because I, I didn't know what to make of this, right? So like Avery gets to like Ava and Sunny. Sunny doesn't like... I don't know why he doesn't just tell her I'm having them followed. Like I'm not actually leaving them alone. He just won't stop yes. saying, trust me. Um, but then, so this is what I was wondering. I was just wondering if all this information will like, like um, connect itself, meaning that Joss knows a little bit of information if she would tell Carly, but they made it clear in those scenes that Carly doesn't want to get involved and doesn't want to know. Oh my God. Her two whatevers were the best whatevers I have ever heard in my whole entire life. It was, okay, so their dynamic is really funny to me. So when Carly walks in, Ava's just chilling. Because remember, in the previous scenes, all their business is sort of covered. And yep. she just sort of sits there, hey, Carly, what's up? What are you doing? Like, why are you here? <laughs> <laughs> but then, like, and, and Carly's just like, what? And so then, like, both women are kind of lacking in bits of information. But then I was, like, thinking about this. Because, like, I mean, look. Like, Sunny and Ava have this chemistry, but I don't know what it is just yet. Sometimes I'm like, is it just best friendedness? Like, I, I can't tell. Because it's like they bonded when they were at Windermere, but then he does that thing. So I find that they were also highlighting that other part of their relationship, the antagonistic part, but in a funny way. So notice that he's good to her, but he also kind of teases her and kind of keeps her at bay. You know what I mean? He messes with her still. He does. I'm like... I think, I think it's like a best friend vibe. Because if Nina is his twisted Carly, is Ava his twisted version of the type of best friend he would have wanted Jason to be? Jason was very specific. Whereas Ava is a little bit like, best friendy, silly, have a drink with me, like more of a buddy. But she's still in the know, right? In terms of the kind yes. of advice Jason can give about the mob. So that's the thing. I do see a best friend vibe. And I think you're just confirming my thoughts. Because I'm watching those two. And I'm watching Carly come in. And do you know what I saw? The what? best friend trio. Like I, I, I know. I, you know what I mean? I'm like, I see yes. this like little threesome. Not in the way everyone's thinking. But I can see yes. them like as a team. We've been talking about team vibes with those three. I think to be like they, 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 those three, like on the same page, powerhouse. Absolutely. And just like taking a moment to take in their overall look. So Nina's fashion throughout the week was all dark colors. Mm -hmm. That last scene, especially at the Metro court, she was wearing dark colors in that scene with Ava, Carly and Sunny. Sunny was wearing his traditional suit and he was wearing a white shirt underneath, which he was Mm -hmm. not wearing at their double date dinner. He's wearing a dark on dark. And Ava was popping this like bubblegum Barbie pink that's super on trend right now. So very like light, effervescent. Carly had her power suit on, but it was like this beautiful powder baby blue. Like they were very much meshing in terms of like the the lightness and the airiness okay. of the colors that they were wearing. And so it added like a layer to me in the scene, like that they're wearing these light colors. They match together. 
the vibe was really chill and they were just oh like, okay, gosh. there's this underlying trust and not too many questions asked and everybody just went about their business playing their part based on trust. Oh, wow. The whatevers, the little smiles, the smirks, the knowing. Oh my gosh. It's such a like high school best friend trio-ness. Yeah. Oh, very Trina Cam, Joss. Yes. In the best huh. way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, interesting. I like it. I like it too. And I want to see more of that. Okay. So there is one scene that I freaking love the most. And we have a follower that commented this. And then okay. I want to hear everything you have to say. Okay. <laughs> they said, this is the most dangerous prison ever. <laughs> I couldn't get over the fact that the guy who tossed the books was named Book. I was like, for real? <laughs> so you have been on this since the whole Spencer book situation. Apparently the library is a very volatile location in the prison. <laughs> It's oh my triggering. gosh. Okay, so I mean, I had so much fun with that because I was like, what is happening? Like, these guys are supposed to be like so threatening. Yes. And then he was like, I'm tossing books, tossing books. You can't stop me. And then, and then Drew just like stops him, like, just stops his arm, is like, stop throwing the books. And the guy's like, Do we have a problem? And I'm like, Wait, like that's a weird time to ask that question. Do we have a problem? You're throwing books and he stopped you and now you're asking him if he has a problem. And then when he stops him, the guy doesn't even fight back. Like, how dangerous are you? There's so much. Okay, so there's that. And then there's when he comes in. So he's a badass guy in jail. He's like, I want my book. And then she's like, well, the books are cataloged. Um, you can find your book yourself. And then when he starts trashing the shelves, he's like, this must have taken a long time to organize. <laughs> <laughs> I died. I was like, is he threatening them with messing up their organizational skills? Like, I'm so confused. Oh, man. And it was so good. But then after Drew, like, like held down his one arm, which, by the oh. way, the other guy still had access to his other arm that he decided not to use. I think this... it controls both arms, that <laughs> one arm. <laughs> and, the, and then they ran away. And then they, like, they all looked really worried. And I'm like, what? And then Drew was like, you know, Cyrus, like, we could just tell on them. Like, you know this, right? Like, we could, and if you don't want to tell on them, I'm going to tell on them. <laughs> And, that, <laughs> and that's when some important information came to light. Yes, like amongst all the serious. comedy, I was like, what is the warden into? Obviously, this has to do with pikemen, I think. And books. <laughs> and books. <laughs> pikemen and books. And book yeah. and associates? That yeah. what? Like, oh man, that was so good. That was so good. I really hope um Drew joined Cyrus's group though. Me too, because there's actual fear in Cyrus's eyes. And for him to be scared, that's like a big deal. Of like a book thrower though? Whatever. Like, anyways, <laughs> this I, I just need to understand. Oh, like is he I guess he's scared more of like the warden. The warden, I, yes. I, I can't. I can't keep talking about a guy named Book. I just I can't do it. <laughs> um But do you know what surprised me? Well, maybe it shouldn't, but like Esme was like sitting with Ace. Oh yeah. And she declared to her son that she wants to plot for Spencer's abs. <laughs> because, <Potentially. laughs> because it's like, 
because I don't even understand like obviously she must have a crush on him but what I'm seeing is that like I know what it's like to be a new mom and it's like really lonely so if I <laughs> I can see myself plotting just to not be alone <laughs> <laughs> to have someone to talk to. So it's like part of me is like, is she into Spencer or is she just like a new mom and is like going mental? And it's like, I don't, I would rather go to the park with you. And like, whenever you have to hang around this girl, I don't have anyone to do all this crap with. Honestly, I feel like it's that. Like, I don't want to see this <laughs> evil Esme come out. Like, I almost want to see it be that like secondary story where it's like almost low-key silly like that. Because, like, I don't know, like, because all we saw was her googly eyes with the abs, and, and it just seems like she just wants to hang out with Spencer more. And she doesn't really like it when they're doing, like, family stuff, and he, like, gets pulled away and their plans get messed up. So that's, that's what I'm seeing so far. Like, I think, like, if not for, like, Esme, like, plotting or whatever, I feel like, or acting all weird or lurking whenever Trina comes... <laughs> over I think this could have easily happened naturally right like already like like Trina's pulling away because of her mother which Mm -hmm. is like not the best idea but whatever and like Spencer is more than willing because you know how how do those words not stay with you like what Portia says when he already feels like he's a horrible person and I honestly feel like Esme really didn't have to do much didn't have to lurk I really feel like a natural connection could have just been built Absolutely. And like, okay, so here's the thing. Like, there's that distance being created. Mm-hmm. There's Spencer confiding in Esme. But I truly get, like, a friend vibe that yeah. will evolve into a romantic vibe. Yes. But right now, they're laying a lot of really great groundwork. Because truly, in essence, Spencer is Esme's only friend. And yeah. I don't think she wants to, like, mess with that yet. She's just truly trying to navigate this blurry line of where he fits with her son, being the brother, nobody else is her friend, and not being lonely. Yeah, that's what I see. I'm like, okay, you're into him? I just thought you wanted to hang. (laughs) Yeah. Before we get to favorite lines and stars, (laughs) there was one scene, the scene with Avon Sunny, when he's breaking down what he's actually doing with Betty. Mm -hmm. And this is what I heard. Betty bought my act. I was doing your voice too when I was doing the scene. Betty bought my act. The spy E is now the spy er. <laughs> I thought that would have been a great dear diary. <laughs> He's so proud of himself. He really is. Okay, so we've I've thrown out some early start and lines. Do you have any lines? Favorite lines. I think I have a lot. I wish I wrote them down, but I enjoyed them when I heard them. What I will say about uh-huh. this is that when Dex was with Joss, uh-huh. um, I had a lot of eye roll situation because she was quick to jump on Dante when Dex was just telling her like the story of the dead body. Mm-hmm. But then another thing, um, I want to know who else screamed jinx at the TV because Joss says at one point, no one. Or nothing will come between us. And I was like, well, now we know that everything and everyone will come between the two oh, of you. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so my favorite lines was when Ava was talking to Sunny and she was like, she's out with that Mary Poppins from hell. Yes! <laughs> I think that's the title of the podcast, Mary Poppins from hell. Love it. And then this is a simple line, yet the way Dante delivered it was so phenomenal. He goes into the alleyway, checks a pulse. Yep. It's a dead guy. <laughs> Dante's the best. He's so good. And honestly, stars this week go to so many people. There's stars oh, to yeah. like Michael Space acting, Carly, uh, of course, Sasha and her scene, Sunny being back, um, Ava, like 
Laura, Valentine, um, Elizabeth, uh, Charlotte, Elizabeth, um, Terry, and Yuri. Just all the stars. Like I'm doing the money thing where I'm just throwing all the stars. Money, money, money. <laughs> okay, we'll give one to Curtis because oh, he yes, surrendered. Yes. He surrendered to Portia in the end. He truly did. Um, but I like how his character became he navigated a lot of emotions so yes, yeah star to him oh my gosh sam okay. dante sam, brooklyn dante, chase cody, cody um, christina yeah. molly scenes yeah nina for being nina willow <laughs> yeah willow like going, like going through it not gladys though because that was not cool no she has a minus 10 yeah minus the star yeah yeah. Okay. We covered all of the things. We talked all the things. about all the stuff. All the stuff. Folks, that's a wrap. <laughs> Have a fantastic weekend. Don't forget, we are not on next week. Uh, bye. Bye.